I'm over here now. Pardon the interruption, no need for introduction. It's the drunken monk. Turn this shit up a little, son. My bucket up in smoke, sipping Bacardi till I'm giving my car keys to Jimmy Ferrari. And we out, about to go jump in a mosh pit full of hundreds of hot chicks saying something obnoxious like, I gotta put my foot in your ass permit. When I'm done, I'll cook you in a Brooklyn blast furnace. Hey, I'm over here now. Um, just want to uh, say happy holidays to everybody. Um, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. And wish you a happy new year because this will be the last episode for 2019. So I just wanted to take a few minutes before we got into the into episode 137 with Father Evil. Um, so I'll take a few minutes and just rattle off some stuff and, you know, just uh, say thanks to everybody, pretty much. Um, you know, when I first started this thing, you know, I had two other people, and then it turned out to be just me and one other person, and then from episode... 51 up until now it's just been me solo and uh I had no idea what the hell was gonna happen you know what I mean I mean I had it in my head that I never want to stop doing this stuff but you know things happen maybe no one wants to fucking come on the show or you know life happens so you never know you know from day to day but um as of right now man I mean I don't see myself stopping. When, when people stop listening completely and when people don't want to come on the show is when I stop or when I feel like it's become a job, which I don't. I enjoy it and uh, I make time for it and I do put in a lot of time. Um, you know, if you see all the flyers and stuff that I put up for every episode, I mean, those don't take, you know, five minutes to do. You know, some are more difficult than others, but they're very time-consuming, but... I like doing that shit, so I like to create shit, and I like to talk shit, so me creating the flyers and me doing this podcast kind of go hand in hand, you know, I can't, I can't do this podcast and then just, just post a couple of words on my phone and say, oh yeah, well episode blah blah blah, like, I don't know, I come from the old school with, you know, album artwork and show flyers and shit, so that's where that shit stems from, but um... I'm just going to rattle off a list um, from New Year's Day 2019 up until now. I just want to rattle off the people that I've had on here. Um, yeah, it's pretty... Uh, I never thought I'd fucking be talking to some of these people. Um, so, real quick... Um, I started off with New Year's Day 2019. I started off with an episode with it was a it was a mini episode with my daughter Alexa, and then uh, Billy Ballantyne and Nick Jacklison from Grim Galaxy, Jeff Altieri from Enrage, David Howard Thornton, who played Art the Clown in the movie Terrifier, Mike Judge. Nothing else needs to be said. And he is still currently 
the most listened to episode ever, but Ill Bill is literally like maybe 75 listens or downloads behind him. So, yeah. Um, after Mike Judge was Anthony Civarelli and Jules Massey from, you know, Gorilla Biscuits and Alone in the Crowd, when we did the episode for uh, the benefit at the First Unitarian Church in Philly for Howie from Alone in the Crowd. Um, the third episode with Tommy Rebel, uh, Richie Crutch from Wisdom and Chains. That was one of two of the shit show episodes where it turned out to be like 18 people on each show. But the flyer is Richie Mancuso from Wisdom and Chains. And then the next one was Craig Ahead from Sick of It All and 94 other bands. Uh, then Paul Barra, Sheer Terror. Then Jason Carter, also from Sheer Terror. Then uh, Danny Shula, Biohazard. Havoc from the infamous Mob Deep. Ill Bill. Scott Roberts and Will Shepler from The Take. Caves from Lords of Brooklyn. The second um, episode with Diabolic who also does his verse in the, in the intro to every one of these episodes. Um, DJ Eclipse from Nonfiction, La Coca Nostra, uh, Rap is Out of Control on Sirius Radio. Um, I did a bonus mini episode with Brendan Fletcher from Jason vs. Freddy and The Revenant and so many other movies. Episode 100 with Chaka Malik from Burn and Orange 9. Uh, Jim Florentine, the comedian. Michael Pelzar, who runs Spooky Staten Island. Rich Fye, who's the host of the Neighborhood Knucklehead Podcast, as well as the singer for Corner Trap and owner of R&D Tattoo. Ian McFarlane from Blood for Blood and filmmaker who did The Godfathers of Hardcore. Second episode with Howie Abrams, graffiti legend OJ, comedian Greg Stone, and also uh, co-host of the Rad Dude Cast, who's also brothers with Joey Southside, the singer for the Banner. Shout out to Joey Southside. Um... Do, 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 do. Who else? I mean, I just lost my... Uh, Lord Goat, formerly known as Gore-Tex, nonfiction. Apache Ramos, who is the war chief of the orphans from the movie The Warriors. The bonus mini-episode with Tim Capello, who was the sax guy, the saxophone player in the movie The Lost Boys. Richie Birkenhead from Underdog and um, Into Another. Then the third episode with Diabolic. Then wrestler Mike Cruel. Then part two with OJ and his boy Deer. Two graffiti writers, Josh Waste, the singer for Urban Waste. Two graffiti writers, Mega, T2B, and Score NSB. Bonus mini episode with Zach Dawn of Jesus Christ, a million bands, Truth and Rights, Bulldoze, Homicidal, uh, Train of Thought. Fuck, I know I'm missing another one. But yeah, shout out to Zach Dawn. Mike Score, singer for All Out War. Chris X, Chris Striegel, one of the dudes who puts together um, This Is Hardcore. Sebastian from Regulate. Greenfield Mike, the singer for um, Enemy Mind. Sean Taggart, legendary artist. Greg Falcetto from the Mongoloids, and also he used to do, he put together the Back to School Jam. He's also the singer for World Demise. Jonathan Buskey from Jesus Christ. Currently, Maximum Penalty. Terra. Uh, geez, it's, it's, it's a million bands. Um, my boy Vinny, uh, Ron Grimaldi from Death Cycle and Sonic Poison, Jason Brooks, who plays uh, Jason Voorhees in the new fan film Friday 13th Vengeance, fucking Deathmatch wrestler Schlack, then Joe Hardcore. Nothing needs to be said about that either. Um, 
graffiti writer JD, the guys from the Yale Street News podcast, Yvonne Marillo from Manipulate, um, also Scarhead, Rob Mello, I did a bonus mini episode with Rob Mello who played the killer in the Happy Death Day movies, um, legendary photographer Ricky Powell, um, yeah, Ricky Powell was fucking dope to do. Made more famous from that one Beastie Boys line. Homeboy, throw in the towel. Your girl got dicked by Ricky Powell. So if you haven't listened to that episode, <laughs> go listen to it because Ricky's a trip. Um, Craig from the HSP- HSPPA. Craig Thomas Ravella, he's an actor. He played Vito Genovese in... Um, the making of the mob and a whole bunch of other things. Check out his IMDb. Ed and Hugo from Straight Edge Band, Locked Inside. The second episode with John Joseph, um, wrestler Bull James, also known as Bull Dempsey. Then I did one with Mitz. Shout out to Mitz, formerly from Madball. Then, oh boy, a shit show. Billy Milano and the rest of the current lineup for MOD. Then Luke Rhoda, which was always fun. The Sandwich King, Luke Rhoda. From Wisdom and Chains and Stigma and Roger Moret and the Disasters. Then I did one with my boy Nako, which was awesome. Delta Bravo represent. Then uh, the last one that you guys listened to was with uh, Seton Hancock, also known as Raven from Murphy's Law. Lower East Side legend. He doesn't consider himself a legend, but I do and everyone else does. He's just a humble gentleman. Um... So, yeah, I mean, those were all the people just from this year alone. And, uh, you know, it's pretty cool that, I mean, it seems like the podcast is doing nothing but growing and people consistently listen. So I can't thank you guys enough. Um, you know, like everybody knows, I don't make a dime from this shit. I don't. Right now I'm at work. Swear to God. Right now I'm at work. My recorder is on top of a stack of cases of paper towels I'm in the supply room, and I am sitting on a case of toilet paper. Yep. Saw an opportunity to do it, so I'm doing it. <laughs> um, also this year, you know, it, you know, personally, it was, you know, on, on the personal note, it was awesome. I mean, some may, know, may or may not know I was working, I have a union job, and I was working in an elementary school in Bay Ridge in Brooklyn, and I worked there from the day they opened up that building. Um, so close to eight years I worked in that and I, and I can get into a huge long story about it but I got fucked over in that fucking building but certain times I mean if it was if it was ten years ago or fifteen years ago I wouldn't have gave a fuck and I would have probably punched somebody in their mouth and walked off the job but I have a kid so it came it came close one day I almost wrapped this kid in the face with a snow shovel and it took fucking everything I had in me to not do it because my daughter's face popped in my head and I was like, if I fucking leave this guy in a bloody mess on the pretty white snow, I'm going to get arrested, I'm going to lose my job and there goes my benefits for my kid. So that right there stopped me from bashing this kid's brains in but sometimes you just got to choose your battles. But I, I bided my time and uh, I waited for an opportunity. I knew somewhere along the line that something had to give. I mean, I was making decent money, but, you know, you can't stay stagnant in, with anything you do. At least, at least not me. 
I have to do shit. So, uh, you know, a longtime old friend of mine, um, who I believe, if you go way back, it's the Vincent Castiglia episode, the guy who used to paint with his blood, and he actually, he actually did one of Gary Holt's guitars for Slayer. Um, I believe it was that episode where I dedicated in the beginning of it, I dedicated that episode to my old friend Danny, who I knew, I knew, I knew her for, oh, forget it, since I was like, I don't know, like 14 years old. But I wound up meeting my current boss through her like over 20 years ago. So, and he always looked out. So he gave me a call a couple of months back, and probably about four months back now, saying that a certain position is open. And if I wanted it, you know, it could be mine. I just had to do a few things. So, you know, make a long story short, I did, you know, X, Y, and Z. You know, I did what I needed to do. And I got the job, and it's just much better. I'm working in the middle of Manhattan, no longer in a school. And it's just, you know, you know, it's, it's more money, and it's, you know, I have the opportunity for overtime. And, you know, it's, it's not redundant like what I was doing in the building, you know, in, in the school. So, you know, it's... Uh, it's definitely a good thing. Um, also this year, podcast-related, um, you know, I've, I've been saying that, you know, I got two, two, new, two sponsors for the show, so I'll just throw them out there right now, obviously. Well, you should know by now if you're a loyal listener, the last several episodes at least. Um, podcast is sponsored by um, Generation Records, located on Thompson Street in the West Village. Um They've been around since like 95 or 96 and they're still going strong. So if you're ever in the city um, and you're a vinyl collector or I believe they still have CDs or you like band t-shirts and shit like that, um, check them out. 110 Thompson Street in the uh, West Village. 210 Thompson Street, my bad. I'm always getting something fucked up. Um, Yeah, follow them on Instagram at Generation Records and uh, go check them out. They have like they have even like books you know all these people are writing books and shit and they have merch and they have in-store signings and they and they have their occasional downstairs they'll have a little in-store performance from bands or some spoken word thing but it's a cool store so you should support these little small businesses you know and yes I'm guilty of using Amazon but sometimes you gotta say fuck Amazon and go buy fucking something from some little store that's just trying to fucking make it you know and also Thank you for everybody who already bought and has received or are about to receive the run of shirts that I created. Um, and uh, this uh, this podcast is also sponsored by New Republic Printing. Check them out at newrepublicprinting.net. Um, Steve is a great guy. He owns the company. I've been using them. You know, I say this all the time, but I've been using them on and off for over a decade now for various different things that I've done. Um, I've never used anybody else to, to, to print any of my stuff. They have a huge catalog online, newrepublicprinting.net. Any kind of shit you want printed on, they can do it. They have like the, the most insane reasonable prices. There's no screen setup fees. There's none of that. No artwork setup. None of this fucking 
jibba-jibba-jabba that people try to nail you on. Like, oh, screen setups, each color, it's, you know, uh, $25 a screen. You know, one time, but it's only one time. So, you know, uh, you'll buy 50 shirts and you're going to spend fucking $2,000. But, you know, don't worry about it. The next time, you know, we'll keep those screens. You don't have to pay. Fuck all that. New Republic doesn't do that. There's no screen setup fees. And if you have a commercial address or your job... I get my shit delivered to my job, and it's free UPS shipping. So I've said this a few times. You can get 100,000 shirts printed, and you can have 158 huge boxes delivered, and it's not going to cost you a dime. Not a fucking nickel. So follow them on Instagram, too, at New Republic Printing. On Twitter, at New Republic, N Republic Print. And on Facebook, just type in New Republic, New Republic Printing, and you'll find them. Once again, check out the website, newrepublicprinting.net. Also, Dark Satellite Media, my independent fucking podcast company. Please support it. All I'm trying to do is help out other podcasts, including myself. Right now, there's like eight or nine podcasts on there. So... Not including, you know, including mine. Do I include mine? Yes, no, I don't know. Yeah, I guess you can. It's all level playing field. But please, follow follow the Doc Satellite Media page on Instagram. Just search Doc Satellite Media. It'll come up. Um, on Facebook, there's a group. Same thing. And on Twitter, it's Dark Satellite M1. All right? Um, that's pretty much it. Um, I appreciate everybody's time. I appreciate everybody listening. I appreciate all the feedback. Um, you know, all I get is good feedback. So, you know, except for the certain people, hey, so much background noise. Listen, motherfucker, just get over it. You do a fucking podcast, Mr. Fucking Perfection. If you don't understand what I'm trying to do right now, then you'll just never get it. I go places, I do things, there's a little bit of background noise, it feels like you're there. If it's too annoying for you, listen, like I said, I don't make a dime off of it. People will still listen. If you don't like it, don't listen. That's it. It's really simple. Go listen to your husband or your wife fucking be annoying. Or go listen to fucking whatever the fuck you want to go listen to. Go listen to your baby crying. Go listen to your dog barking. Go listen to... I don't care. Do, do, listen to something else if you're going to complain about background noise on a podcast where I go everywhere to do this. How about just stop fucking whining? Stop being a cunt. It goes for men too. All right? So, I like I said, I appreciate everything and everybody. Um, I don't see myself stopping. Um... Yeah, and that's it. Um, I want to mention right before we get into this one episode with uh, Father Evil. Um, in the middle of, uh, not even in the middle, a few minutes in, we're talking and he mentions somebody's podcast and he does not remember it off the top of his head. And then, of course, as soon as we were done recording, he remembered it. So he speaks about uh, a podcast and that podcast is called Horror Happens Radio. Okay, I just wanted to clear that up because it's not mentioned, and I told him that I would definitely mention it, so just to clear it up and to give that podcast some props if you're into horror shit. But Father Evil is a very unique individual. He's a super fucking nice guy, and um, yeah, it was fun to do. 
So uh, if you like horror stuff or if you just like a normal conversation with somebody with a little something different to say, then you'll enjoy this. At least I hope you do. And if you don't, eh, maybe you'll enjoy the next one. Or go back and listen to another one again, one that you did enjoy. I don't know what to tell you. So with all that said, um, have a happy new year. And you know what? Cherish your family. I mean, if, if everyone heard my whole life story thing, you know I don't really have any. So holidays are a little different for me now. So if you have family in your life, be in the moment for a minute, you know, at these holiday gatherings and shit. If you do have any of that, stay off your fucking phone and be in the fucking moment and have conversations with people, you know. And it sounds stupid and it sounds hippie-ish or whatever, but if you have any differences with people, try to fucking resolve them, man. I mean, the fuck are we doing? Are we still in fucking high school? Are we still holding grudges? Is that what we're really doing? You're holding grudges? It's just me. No, no, you're a grudge holder. You're just like a stubborn jerk-off in my fucking eyes. Stop it. Let shit go. Live your life and be fucking happy, man. What the fuck else is there to do? Fight your whole life? Like I said... We're not in the fucking playground on the schoolyard no more. Smarten up. All right? So with that said, I'm going to shut my fucking mouth. Here we go. Episode 137 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace with my friend, Father Evil. Enjoy. Moving here now. And we're live. We're not really live. We're recording, sir. Hello, sinners. Hello, sinners. <laughs> All right, what is that? You have to, you have to, all right, hold on. Let's, before, before we go wherever the hell we're going to wind up going, episode 137 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace, and we're here, what is this place? I know it's the sideshow market. It's the horror sideshow market. Right, but where are we? We're in Raleigh. Raleigh. Okay. So, if there's any background noise, you got to deal with it. We're at a sort of like a small convention. But, um, introduce yourself. I am Father Evil, the purveyor of sin. Right. Now, originally from Jersey? Uh, born and raised. Okay. Not too, not too, long, not too far from here. I would say maybe less than 10 miles. No, even less than that. Six miles from here, I was born and raised in Perth Amboy, New Jersey. Okay. Right now, I live in Forge, New Jersey, which is three miles from Perth Amboy. I've nice. never moved that far, which is a 10-minute ride from here. Awesome. Now, before we get into the whole Father Evil persona, right. um, I don't really, I don't do interviews, really. I just normally like just the bullshit, but there are a few things that I would like to know. Okay. Um, so, can we go back into young father evil okay and like growing up like into horror movies things like that like how was your upbringing and what uh, what basically what I want to do or to attempt to do is paint a picture and then it'll eventually will evolve into what became father evil okay we can do that? Absolutely. Awesome. I was born December 31st, 1972. Oh, sick. All right. Okay. First generation United States from immigrant uh, Cuban parents. Okay. And my, my siblings, my older siblings, a brother and two sisters are all born in Cuba. I'm the first one here. Okay. Um, what got me into horror was my mother. 
My mother had a deep love of horror. Deep love. Matter of fact, the first horror movie I saw was with my mother, and it was The Exorcist. Awesome. At the tender age of five. Yeah, I was about five years old or so the first time I saw it. For some weird reason, they had it. They played it on regular television. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it was just like... We didn't have cable back then. No, they played it on and, regular TV. And it was uncut. Yes. Back then, there weren't that many regulations like no. there are now. Like, the FCC would have a field day with that now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I cut my teeth on that. And um, it was always uh, kind of a mental sadomasochism for me. Okay. I loved it so much. I loved getting scared, but yet I hated it. But I was addicted to that feeling. Sure. Okay, so... Like, I was terrified of zombies growing up. Terrified. My worst fear was getting eaten alive. By zombies? Yes, when I saw zombie, Lucio Fulci. Yes. I saw that before I was a preteen. That's crazy. It's a sense. It, you watch it now, yeah. it's still disturbing. Yeah, that one scene with the eyeball with the, you know. Of course. With the, with, with the piece of wood going yeah. through the eyeball. That, that, that mortified me as a kid, but I had to have more. Right. But there was one movie in particular that I would not watch, and I didn't watch it until I was in my mid-teens. I could not watch. I was, I am like, new. I'm not doing that. I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do this, but I won't do that. That was a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Really? Because somebody like that could exist. Absolutely. Somebody yeah. like that could exist. You're going to have a huge man-child, a man, a huge hulking man with the mind of a child. Yes. And who doesn't know any better. Right. And who's disfigured, who's wearing a mask of human flesh. These things can all happen. Right. There's nothing supernatural about that. No, nothing it's at all. Just, it's a very, very deep, deep concept if you really think about this. It's actually brilliant. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. Toby Hooper is a genius. Yes. Um, actually, you know, going a little off subject, that That's movie. Fine. That movie it made such an impact on me. It was done in such a low budget, but that the low budget actually enhanced the movie. 100%. 100. I watched it, like, last week. How often does a low-budget movie, the quality, enhance a movie? Not very often. No. That movie was perfect. It's perfect. You can't. You shouldn't take anything no. out. It's, it's perfect. No, you, you you can't remake a masterpiece. To me, that that is a horror Mona Lisa. Right. Michelangelo did that to me. Sure. Um, but let's get back on track. So, That's fine. Well, we don't usually have a map here. We can just bullshit. <laughs> so I was always into horror. Right. I was always easily scared. I was a scaredy cat. Were you, though? Absolutely. I was the type of kid that, uh, after I saw a horror movie, my brother, my older brother Eric, tormented me, which is an older brother's, uh, you know, written rule that they have to torment their younger brother. It's it's law. Of course. I have an older sister who used to torment me, too. She used to run and chase chase me around the house with a stock. My brother beat the shit out of me. Uh Uh-huh. He wrestle and just have his way with me. My brother's eight years older than me. Okay. So imagine a 16-year-old versus an eight-year-old. Right. Obviously. It's, it's a big difference. Yeah, that's like Mike Tyson versus Stephen Hawking. Right. You know? <laughs> nice. It's, good analogy. It's, 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 it's not going to win. It's not going to end up good for me. Right. So um, anyway, my brother noticed that after watching horror movies that I would uh, like be terrified of going to my room. Okay. That I would actually turn on the light and jump from the threshold of my door onto the bed so nothing would grab me from under the bed. Nice. And I couldn't go to sleep That's fully. That's great, though. I couldn't go to sleep fully until I would physically check under the bed and I would develop this nerve finally. Look under the bed. Yeah. Okay, nothing's there. Now I can go to bed. Right. Okay. So my brother saw this. Right. And he studied me. He, he basically scoped me out. He, he stalked me. <laughs> yeah. And he 
saw that I would do these. So he was like, Staking out his own brother. Yeah. yeah. So he was like, uh, my brother's name is Eric, by the way. Shout out he, to Eric. Good huge, job, Eric. Huge influence in me. Um, as far as, well, we'll go into detail of that later. Sure. But uh, he, uh, he told me there's a great horror movie to watch. And um, I'm like, all right, great, cool. And he says, well, I'm going to go out with my friends. I'll see you later. Meanwhile, this dude goes upstairs to the bedroom, waits, waits, patiently, ever so patient, like a predator. <laughs> yes. He was preying on me. But he did something extra, dude. He put white talcum powder all over his face. White talcum powder? Yeah, baby so. powder, whatever. So that, yeah. that, that gives you, like, your gums looks extra bloodier. Yes. Your eyes look extra, extra jaundiced. Yes. Your teeth look, no matter how white they are, look yellow. Yes, everything is enhanced. Yes. Crazy. So he did that. So he sees exactly what I would do. I open the bedroom door, turn on the light, and he sees me not walking in, and he sees me jump. All he sees is my feet. Right. He sees feet jump from the threshold onto the bed. <laughs> And then, like, a good 15 minutes later, I will develop the nerve to look under the bed. Oh, and my. And guess who was there to greet me? <laughs> and he greeted me like this. Like, oh, I screamed the bloodiest, blood-curdling scream you can imagine. <laughs> and my brother got in trouble for it, but he was, my parents were like, hey, Rick, what are you doing? Yeah. He's like, that trouble was all worth it. Right, of course. But how much trouble did he really get into because your mom was, like, all about well, it? Well, my mom would scare me, too. But he was like, don't scare your brother, <laughs> You know, oh, he yeah. is. He's a scaredy cat. And I, I was terrified of these movies. Even my friends used to get in on it. Um, when uh, I went to go see even something as campy, what's campy now, but back then when I saw it, I'm like, oh my God. Oh, sure. Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. No, 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 no. The Return of the Living Dead. Love that movie. With the brains. Sure. Yeah. So when I saw that, I mean, I saw it with my friend Gary at the movie theater, and Gary thought it was the greatest thing they ever saw. Yeah. And I was terrified. He would just mess with me. Let me have your brains. I'm yeah. like, stop it. <laughs> I was a real scaredy cat. Really? Oh, my God. I was a punk. Really? I was a punk. <laughs> and the thing is, it's funny. I was always afraid of the monster under my bed. Right. Now I am the monster under the bed. Right. You flipped it. Yep. It's awesome. So. Yeah. Good. Okay. From there, um, I just had this love for horror, and I just it, like, went in well into my adulthood. Yeah. And then when I start with, that's how I got into horror. Yeah. My mother. That's awesome, though. Shout out to Father Evil's mom. Yeah. She passed away years ago, but... Rest in peace. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever you are, say hello to my mother, too, because my mother was, you know, into the same stuff. She, uh, yeah, she got me to horror. Yeah, so I remember, shit. See, I really wasn't too scared. I, I don't remember being really, really scared, but the first time that, I mean, I'm going to say, there had to have been, I just don't remember, there, there had to have been something beforehand, maybe like Fangoria magazine when I was really young, mm -hmm. but I remember the first time that I, the first horror movie that I saw in the theater 
I was by myself. This is a this is a time where look, you know my daughter. Yeah. She's ten. I I can't even let her go to the corner by herself. No. So different times, dude. Completely different. So I'm like six years old, or maybe seven at the very most, because the movie came out in '81. So depending on what month or whatever, I was probably six years old. Right. I went to the Canarsie Movie Theater in Brooklyn, and I asked my mother for a dollar, however much yeah. it was, and I watched Mad Men. You know the movie Mad yes. Men? Yes. Right, Paul Eller's Mad Men. Yeah. So, Canarsie Movie Theater, by myself, it was the first horror movie I saw in the theater, was Mad Men. So now, the whole, movie, the whole movie itself didn't really scare me, except for the very beginning, when they're telling the story of how Madman Mars walked through the house and went to every room and axe murdered his whole family. But there's just a very specific frames of the movie yeah. with the music and how it was all you see is his boots and he's walking and the head of the axe and as he steps it's just like boom boom yeah. boom yeah. and it's really not even a big long frame but it happens like two or three times and that was the part that scared me yeah. it wasn't the whole decapitated person and this and that it was it minimalist was, cause it was, right because your brain filled in the rest exactly Exactly. Your brain filled in the rest. Yeah. And what your brain will fill in is oftentimes a hundred times worse than what they can create on screen. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And it's funny because the last time we saw you, you recommended that, that movie In the Tall Grass. Yes. Which was crazy. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> we watched it like two days later. It was crazy. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, on the way home, like, our father evil, he, he recommended this movie. We got to go check it out. So we checked it out, like, not that night, like, the night after. Awesome movie. But I think what spawned that was we were talking about Hereditary and Midsummer. And now, like, in Midsummer, I listened to a podcast, the last podcast on the left. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with it. No, I didn't. Oh, it's great. That and the Say You Love Satan podcast. They do. I've heard of him. It's, it's Say You Love Satan is a great podcast because right. they do mostly 80s horror right. movies. And that's our, that's our that's, generation. Yeah, that's my generation. But absolutely. But every once in a while, they'll do like a little half hour, small little one that's not that. They did one about Midsummer. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about, and, and as I'm listening to them, that I realized if you watch it again, it's like when the old man jumps off the cliff. Oh, dude. Right, which is crazy. But when. When he hits the rock, because he doesn't die, he, he doesn't fall, he breaks his leg. Yeah. But when... Compound fracture, both legs. Right. But when he hits for that very split second, it goes silent. Yeah. You don't hear his legs breaking. No. It's just silent, and your brain fills it, and you're just like, oh, my God. Yep. You didn't hear nothing, but you know. That guy landed standing up. Yeah. Boom. Oh, my God. Yeah, brutal. Yeah, just thinking about it now, it's just saying it gives me the heebie-jeebies, and it's just a chill up your spine. Yeah, you can't imagine that pain. No, absolutely. You not. probably would black out. Yeah, absolutely, but he did pain. it in that movie. He was feeling all. all he was of feeling it all. The movie was brilliant. And then they bashed his face. So yeah, crazy with the hammer and all that. Right, banana. So if anyone is listening and hasn't watched Hereditary or Midsummer, then check it out. But so, so now, back to Father Evil. Now, did you have, like, a religious background growing no. up in the house? Well, born in a Cuban household. We're Catholic. Right. Okay. By default. Yeah. It's like right. we all, and then we're also, we were Yankees fans. Right. By default. Of course. Um, so if you're Cuban, yeah, you're into Yankees, you're into boxing, and, and you're into uh, uh, being a Catholic or whatever. But I grew up with, like, bits of uh, uh, Santeria around. I mean, my 
grandmother. You know, we we, we had it, it. It came hand in hand with with with, with Spanish culture, especially Cubans or right. anything with the um, the Caribbean islands. Some Santeria is always involved with with it. Not hardcore Santeria. Right. I'm not really too hip about it. Like I know kind of a Santeria little bit. Santeria is basically um, the most. most basic way to explain it, it's like white white Spanish, not like a white person, but white Spanish witchcraft, like I was like, well, good magic. Right. Okay. Island magic. It's like a positive version of, uh, which, I mean, not witchcraft, there's nothing wrong with witchcraft, far as I'm concerned, but it's, it's, it's not the evil, uh, right. what people think. Right. It gets, it gets a bad rap, it like a, a lot bad, of other it, things. It, it, it's, it's, it's a more positive, <laughs> um, Derivative of uh, Catholicism. Right. Actually, Santeria is uh, <coughs> is a Catholicism, right? An African uh, African uh, mythical lore mixed together. Okay. And that's what Santeria is. And it's huh. the opposite of that. Called Brujeria. That's darker. Right. There's and, a uh, band called that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, well, we, every Spanish household had one or one form or another uh, a little Santero Sancio or some kind of something like that. Excuse me. <laughs> okay. We would have like offerings of rum, change, apples in front of it. Right. Very almost to a non. Uh, eh, what's the best way I'm looking for? Uh, somebody who wouldn't be expecting to see that they would see it's kind of primitive almost. Okay. But if you're in the culture, you would understand. Right. So I grew up with some of that around. Um, wasn't really religious. Right. I wasn't. Um, actually, at one time. During my, when, I was, when I was 13, I became religious. I, I actually became a Baptist. Really? My mother uh, was all about it. She's like, as long as you're not out to speak, doing th- bad things. But, and I never did a bad thing. Right. So she's like, as long as you're not in any trouble or getting it locked up or whatever, if you want to go to church every day, go for it. Go for it, yeah. Have so, at it. Do what you want to exactly. do. Exactly. As long as you're hurting nobody. Exactly. So I became a Baptist at 13. And uh, became rebaptized and everything. And hold on. Really? And then something happened <coughs> where I just didn't make it to church one day. And the pastor's kids, I was playing with them. And he's like, we can't play with you. I'll never forget this. And he goes, uh, my dad said, you didn't come to church because you were running with Satan's crowd. And I looked at him like, what? Dude, I was sick. Yeah. He's like, you were running with Satan's crowd. And I'm like... Your dad said, yeah. I'm like, all right. So that's like, fuck him. That's yeah. It. I'm never going back. Yeah, maybe your dad's ignorant. <laughs> so at that <laughs> point, um, that was my taste in, like, getting out of the, the religion. When I got older, I realized, to me, now this is just my point of view. I'm not okay. saying this is yours. I'm not trying to put you, put, you know, my beliefs on you. It's just my right. thing. Absolutely. To me, religion is all about mind control. Mind control and money. I, I couldn't agree more. Okay. It's to me. It's it's. We have laws that'll govern our everyday lives. If you do this, you will get this. You know, this is your prize. You do stupid things, you get stupid prize. You kill somebody, you're gonna go to prison if not die. Right. You rob a bank, you're gonna go to prison for a long time. You <coughs> rape somebody or hurt somebody, you'll be yeah. Uh, you're gonna get messed up. Sure. Now religion, mind control to me because. If you put those laws in your head, if you think of this, you're going to burn over here. If you think of that, you're going to burn over here. That's just mind control. Sure. You control somebody's mind, you control everything. Right. And to me, religion is all about money and mind control. Absolutely. 
So that, that, yeah. that, that's why I stay away from it. I abhor religion. I abhor it. Oh, so do I. I, I, was, I never grew up. My, my biological father was a staunch atheist, and there's always debate about an atheist or whatever, but there was no religion whatsoever. My mother, I think, in her later years, I don't think she became religious. I think she became more, a little bit more of a believer, but she didn't, like, she didn't preach anything. Like, she had her St. Jude, and, you know, I think maybe as you get older, you might, I don't know, but I was, it was never put on to me. I never, I think the only times I ever went to church was, like, for a funeral. Right. You know what I mean? If anything, I'm agnostic. Agnostic is you believe something out there. You just don't know what it is. Right. I believe in ghosts. I've experienced ghosts growing up. Right. And some people, with that, they're very skeptical. But no, I have experienced real things that, just as I know tomorrow's going to be Monday, I know this happened. This happened to me, and it exists. So I know there's something outside of there, outside of this life. Yeah. But... I know there's a higher power, but I'm not going to call it Jesus. I'm not going to call it Buddha. I'm not going to call it Allah. I'm not going to call it right. Ganesh or Hanuman or whatever. Right. I know there's something out there, but I'm not going to give any loyalty to it. Right. Because you, because you, at the end of the day, you're not sure what exactly. that is. Right. Exactly. So, that's that. Yeah. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much my look into religion and how that happened. Now, if, I'm sure you want to know how I got into this point. Right. Okay. Well, well, because it's Father Evil, okay. it's an evil priest, so I figured maybe, you know, okay. it was something can or I, some... Can I be frank? Can I curse? Absolutely. Okay. Curse all... No, she... Come here, Alexa. Say hi to Father Evil real quick. Say hi. You've met him a hundred times. He's blessed you. Hello, Alexa. Say and You will not date till you're 40. That's right. I like this guy. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah, be frank. You can curse. It's okay. She's one key. Uh, I have an illustration background. I used to draw a lot when I was a kid. Comic books, that type of thing. Okay. I was had very, 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 very vivid imagination. Uh, ADHD. ADHD. Yeah. I grew up with it. Back then, our cure when I was growing up, uh, the cure for ADHD was the belt. Right. You got whacked. Yeah. Pay attention. Okay, it works. Yeah. I'm paying attention. So. Yeah. So my imagination was always going somewhere, so I was always drawing. So I developed a talent, illustrating for years. So then one year, in my 20s, early 20s, um, I, there was this coffee house in New Brunswick. It was a very trendy town in Jersey. Right. Coffee house. And uh, I went there, and they had artwork on the wall, all types of artwork, and from local artists. So I'm like, hey, I, you know, I draw. Yeah. Like, if I put something you put up, I'm like, yeah, sure. So... I came up with this evil priest. He was a combination of the Joker okay. and uh, Reverend Henry Kane from the Poltergeist series. Awesome. Okay, so I combined them both and I made like this really like freaky looking picture, a bald Joker with, you know, the, the smile that, that Henry Kane that had. That funky smile, sure. Picture that and that's what that, what that was. And I wrote... On top. Which means that I'm a father, son, and Holy Spirit. Okay. And he had his hands praying, he had black nails, and he had a rosary around his hand. So then, that was over 25 years ago. Completely forgot about that. Huh. Got married, my wife, in 2004. She had these friends that where she worked who, who loved horror conventions. They were like, oh my god, what should they my, my, my husband loves horror. We should go to a horror convention. Sure. So around 2006, I went to my first horror convention. Chiller Theater. 
chiller, okay? Okay. Fell in love with it. Absolutely, me too. I fell in love with the fact that grown adults my age, hardcore into horror one, yep. these guys were getting dressed up. Yeah. And my age. Yes. In August, it wasn't even nowhere near Halloween, and people were getting dressed up, and I'm <laughs> yeah. like, and they're accepted, and actually people taking pictures of them. This is so cool. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm not going to be called a freak if I do that. All right, fantastic. So I said, next year or well, the next time I come, I'm going to get dressed up. Didn't have the nerve for it. I did it. Right. So then one year, I said, you know, this year I'm definitely getting dressed up, and that was around 2009. So this follow evil growth has not really been that long. Right. But so 2009, I went, I, I, I was going to do some kind of prosthetic stuff, and my and my wife's like, don't do it, don't do that, it takes too long, costs too much money, just go basic. Yeah. Back then, I was working at Best Buy, and they used to call me Evil Lou, so I could make this real evil appearance. Yeah. And I said, you know what? It's all about the eyebrows. Let me just work up with what I have. Yeah. So I can make a little face, and I'm like, thinking, what would really, really scare somebody that you don't see up there at all? I'm thinking of all these things. I'm like, how's that? Zombies, nah, vampire, nah. And I'm like, I got it. Possessed priest. Right. And the reason why is like, if they can get to a priest, what chance do you have? Right. Yeah. So that really hit me. So I'm like, yeah, that's it. So I got a pair of white contacts, put it on. I was already bald. Right. My, my sideburns weren't nowhere near the where they are now. Um, that was that has evolved. But um, put the contacts on, and I picked up a twenty dollar costume from Party City. Okay. Okay. Went. It was supposed to be a one-time thing, a goof. Of course. I didn't put oh, this on. So and, many things start off like that. I, I didn't put this on and say, okay, I'm going to start a business now. No, it was a one-time thing. I was, at, at, at most, I would be at bars, you know, maybe winning a first prize. That was the extent of this. Right. My sure. goal was to win first prize at a bar. Right. That was that, that was really the ultimate extent. Right. Because it's, it's all derived out of fun. Exactly. Yeah. A goof. A goof. So I went... And the reception I got from people was like, wow. They were like, holy shit. And I'm yeah. thinking, this is just a 20 costume, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't have the persona the way I have it now. No lines, no nothing. No, it's just a guy in a silly costume having fun. Right. I walk into this one room in a chili theater, and it was this director from Italy. His name escapes me. But he did a triple take, signing autographs, and he looks over to his left, and he sees me. And he, like, did a triple take, and he excused himself from the table doing autographs. And you know they never do that. No. They're always talking to their fans. Yeah. They're, they're their fans right there. They're with them for that moment. He excused himself from them. Ran to me. Ran. Like, listen, this broken English. This is a beautiful. This is amazing. I love this so much. Wow. This is incredible. Yeah. He called his assistant producer. Please, take photos of him and me. And they were taking pictures. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. So after all that, this is so original. This is brilliant. I looked at my wife. I'm like, did that just happen? <laughs> She's like, yeah, dude, it did. And I'm like, maybe I got something here. Yeah. So that was 2009. So from 2009 to 2000, beginning of 2012, I was just putzing around. I'm thinking, maybe I'm going to do something with this. So I just started going to bars for Halloween and stuff, you know, get dressed up, maybe going to a uh, I mean, that was another chill theater. I went back, and people started like, oh, there's that priest guy. So I'm like, oh, they remember me. Oh, yeah. So 2012, I decided, you know what? I'm going to take this serious. I'm going to do something like this. Yeah. See where it takes me. No definitive plan. Sure. Let me see where it takes me. We'll just put a little more effort. Right. So the effort was getting a real outfit. 
I invested like two hundred dollars. Same outfit too. Invested two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks in an outfit, and I got a real stole. Not this one in particular, but it was real. Actually, it's the one hundred. That's the same stole that I had originally. The one hundred. Is that what you just said? No, no, no. It's it's. Oh, I thought you just said one. No. I said yeah, this is the same stole that I originally had okay. with this outfit. Okay. Um, and I just started running with it. I started going to cons. I started watching what other people were doing. And I'm like, I saw these two guys who uh, had a business, and they were getting paid to get their stuff. And I'm like, that is fantastic. I'm like, I want to be like them. Sure. So I, I asked them questions and stuff. They were getting gigs. Yeah, paid gigs. And I'm like, oh, you like them? That is so cool. So I asked, you know, asked some questions. How do you go about this, this, that, and the other? And, you know, they were kind of, you know, standoffish. Like, well, I'm not going to tell you my secrets. I'm like, all right, cool, no problem. And that was it. That's how it is in the community. You know, really, you know what it is. It's very, very, very competitive. So I just started watching what other people were doing. So eventually, like, uh, I did one thing that they weren't doing. I got a website. Because all these guys had was... Facebook page. Anybody can have a Facebook page. Anyone can. And a website. Yeah. And a Facebook page. Nice. That's, that was the beginning. That was the foundation that I built. And I started getting business cards. And I was like, yeah, I'll do this, this, that, and the other. Didn't really get any money much gig. Just travel. Traveling was the one thing that set me apart from everybody else. Yeah. Because I stayed. One of my mentors said, okay, now you're a badass in Jersey. This is around 2014. You're a badass in Jersey. Everybody knows you at Schiller. Everybody knows you at Montevania. You're very popular. <clears throat> Want to be a badass? Be a badass in Ohio. Yeah. Be a badass in Texas. Right. Atlanta. Indianapolis. You know, be a badass where no one knows you. So I went. Did just that. I went. Traveled. Nobody know, knew me. And that's how my popularity. Yeah. I, I mean, I, we see you everywhere. That was around 2015. Yeah, 2015. All right. 2016. Well, can you hold on one second? I'm sorry. 2015, 2016. Yes. And we're back. Go ahead. All right, so 2015, 2016. Um, well, that one mentor of mine, his name is J.K. He does podcasts, too. Okay. He was the one who... Uh, What's the name of his podcast? God, you know what? I completely, right now, I'm drawing a blank. All right. I'm cool. drawing a complete blank, and I'm sorry, Jay. Right now, because nothing's happening right now. Don't worry about um, it. We'll talk after. If you remember, so I'll, I'll, I'll throw a link on there. Uh, I'm going to throw the link after this, but right now, I just... My That's mind fine. racing a couple places. Um, so Jay, told, you know, basically told me um, that you, you got to travel. You got to get out of your comfort zone. Because right now you're plateau. No one knows you outside of here. Right. So he's right. Like he's right. He's right. So yeah. you know, I started traveling more with him. We started going. He was doing this. What you're doing right now, cross country. It's awesome. I was coming along. We were splitting the bills, split the hotel bills, split the gas, split the driving. So it was a win-win for everybody. Yeah. I got exposure. He gets you know a partner to talk to and. The, the driving and everything it was win-win right so within my travels I had I met another uh, uh, I've known this person for a little bit within the scene uh, her name is Elsie Ginsberg uh, cancer survivor okay. and uh, she said something to me at Texas Fright Man that I'll never forget she saw me traveling she's seen me I've been to a couple of cons where she was at we became friends tight-knit community hard especially the one in the East Coast she traveled all over the country, too. And um, she saw me in Texas, at Texas right there, 2015, 2016. I can't really... 2015. Okay. Um, and she pulled me to the side. She said, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you doing? 
how much money did it cost you to get here? I'm like, a couple bucks, you know, sure. seven, eight hundred dollars. This is like for what? Like, they're just a freak? Yeah, really. Yeah. And I'm like, it hit me. I'm like, ouch, it hurt. So you travel to take pictures for free. It's like, you have a website, you have merchandise on your website. Why not put it on a table and sell it? Yeah. And I'm like, but, but I, I, I'm thinking of getting more material. It's like, no, you have enough material, just do it. Yeah. Something at that moment snapped in my head. Yeah. And then in 2016, I started vending. I started out with just two shirts. Right. Two different prints, and that's it. Between 2016, 2019, those seven years, I did a lot of traveling. I did a lot of note-taking. And I took in all the information that I could, positive and negative. You know, took out what's best, what worked for me, and I turned it, uh, this stupid little $20 costume into a full-fledged business. Within that time limit of 2012 to 2019, when I'm low-balling this number, I invested over 60K. That's awesome. Now, I'm a featured guest yeah. at a lot of events. I get paid to be there. Sure. I get flown down there. Right. I get hotel yes. at some of these events. Not all of them, but it's going to start to get to be more and more sure. every year. I, I do weddings. I that is, you're legitimately ordained. I became ordained in 2015. That's awesome. I was creeping around like your your Instagram and your Facebook and stuff like that to get a picture. Because honestly, sometimes it's difficult to make flyer for certain guests that I have on. The only the, the difficult part with yours was to actually find like which one is like the, you have a million great shots. So I'm like, this one's great. This will work. So now it's choosing which one. Which one? Now it's on you. Which one? Right. Exactly. That was which was not difficult at all. But um, yeah, man. It's it's. I saw that. I was like, this fucking guy does weddings. He marries people yep. in the whole father yep. evil thing. That's the only way I'll do it. It's fucking legally, awesome. Legally, I had to use my birth name. Okay. Luis data That's how I sign it. Right. But I only perform it. Right. No, there's no way around it. it it's in stone. Right. I'll only perform it as Father Evil, or you're not getting married by me at all. Right. The only, Good. Thing, you, the only thing you're gonna have by me is my 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 your real name, name my yeah. birthday. Yeah, but who cares about that? I mean, people want the wedding pictures and all yep. that. That's what it's probably the only time where you ever go to a wedding where the uh, the priest will outshine the bride. That's awesome. <laughs> and they want that. Right. It's nine times out of ten, it's the women who said, I want him to marry me. Right. And it's, you, we have a lot of hardcore women into horror. Sure. And they're like, no ifs, ands, or buts, he's doing it. And right. Okay, but here's my rate. Right. If I have to travel, you have to pay for that, that, this, that, and the other. Sure. If I have to be lodged, you have to pay for that, too. Like, no problem. Yeah. What's your rate? Okay, let's get it done. And I already got... <laughs> I might have to cancel some cons next year for October because it's starting to get booked for 2020 for weddings. Really? Yeah. How many people do you think you've joined together in uh, oh, right unholy now. matrimony? Within, within last year alone, I did about four. Awesome. Four couples. Sick. That's awesome, man. Yeah, because like I was saying before, I don't know if I was thinking it or if I mentioned it, but we, we, we go sometimes to both chillers every year, definitely one a year. Both New Jersey horror cons all the time. Both Monsonanias all the time. All these sideshow markets. 
I haven't been to Cleveland, Horror Hound or whatever it is. Horror Hound is amazing. That's what I've heard, and I need to get out there. Horror day. Hound and Texas Frightmare are amazing. I've heard about that. But every time we come, you're at, you're at every single place that we're at. That's a, yeah, All the time. Exposure. Yeah. Exposure. The, need to, and the thing is, I'm popular here in the Northeast. Sure. I am popular. I'm ten times more popular in the South. Really? Yes. What took me years huh. to develop in Monster Mania, years to develop in Monster Mania, like everybody knowing my name, sure. took me years to develop in Monster Mania. I did it two days in Atlanta, Georgia. Really? Two days. When I'm telling you everybody knew my name, everybody knew my name. Really? So the fact, when I went the following year as a vendor, I went to bring out my ID to the vendor registration. Yeah. I went to, went to reach for my wallet. I didn't even get a chance to reach my wallet. The guy's like, oh, yeah, it's Father Evil. That's his table over there. Bring him over there. I didn't have to show my ID. Awesome. They That's knew who great, I was. dude. They knew who I was. It Good took for you. Two years to do that. The fandom that I developed in the South, it was a hundred times faster than the fandom that took me up here. Right. In the Northeast. Huh. The further south I go, I guess the further into the Bible Belt. I was just, gonna, so I was just taboo, thinking that, yeah. It is so taboo that they gravitate towards Yes. Me. I was thinking that's, that's got to be the reason. It is the reason. Yeah. It is the reason. Um, to give you a good example, when you're driving down south and you can pass one, one part of, of Virginia... It's on the main highway. You see these huge, like, you know how we have the, the telephone towers here? Sure. Picture three crucifixes. Oh, my God. That size. Yeah. Next to each other. One in the center is bigger than the other two yeah. with fog lights on it. Right. And I'm, like, thinking the first time I'm going to Atlanta, Georgia, I'm like, what am I getting myself into? Yeah. <laughs> these people are hardcore into their religion. religion. I'm like, sure. what the fuck? And I'm coming in as Father Evil, which is kind of like, you see Father Evil, I'm like, I'm stepping on some toes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you're not only stepping on toes. I'm stopping on them. Yeah. But, so I'm like, what, what am I getting into? So I'm like, fuck it. I'm doing it. Yeah, it's very Dude. fucking punk rock, bro. It's very, like, fuck you. I'm doing what I'm doing. Thank you. I never it heard is. of that like that, but thank you. It's yeah, true. I'm doing what I'm doing. If you don't like it, fuck you. Right. That's my mentality. And yeah. I'm like, my mentality is also this. You have every right not to like it. Right. You have every right sure. to hate it. And I have every right not to give a shit. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment all day long. Yeah, I don't give a shit if you don't like it. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for me. Right. And if so happens to pick up fans along the way, fantastic. If so happens that I make money along the way, even better. Right. So, I go down there in the south, and dude, it was it, it was a wrap. It was a, I, an instant, instant, instant fandom. Great. Texas, even faster. Really? Dude. The following year, when I did Texas the first year, Texas Frightmare was amazing. And when I went the following year, not as a vendor, just as an attendee, yeah, I got, I was, I wasn't even in gear. I was off plane. Yeah, the, the airport's there, and literally less than like three miles away, it's on the airport property, is where the convention is held. Yeah, I'm sweating. I'm bringing in my luggage, and I'm at the top floor of like the tenth floor of this hotel. I'm coming out of the elevator and I'm like, it's Father Evil. Oh, like, oh shit. They recognized me. Yeah. And they ran up to me and I'm like, can I have a picture? I'm like, I'm not even in gear. You're right. Yeah. I just got off the plane. I'm sweating. I don't care. I want a picture. You're Father Evil. And I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. So I'm like, the people in the South are legit serious. Yeah. Um, they're all they're about it, man. They're all about it. Yeah, it's awesome. So I'm like, what the fuck? Right. So and I just, and there I just ran with the dude. Yeah. And here I am where I am now. Good for you, man. Absolutely, man. It's fucking. It's a great story. Thank you. Yeah, it absolutely is. Because, a, a lot of yeah. people like it because it's a grassroots story. 
It's sure. like a feel-good story. Yeah. It all started from be, you being che- checking on the blue collar guy. Yeah. I'm a low voltage electrician. I'm in the union. Right. I'm the everyday construction dude. Right. Go to college. I said, fuck it. Let me have some fun. And he made a business out of it. And a lot right. of people loved that because I followed my dream. Right. Yeah. I didn't give a shit what anybody thought. Right. I followed my dream. Yeah. And here's where I'm at now. Yeah. That's fucking great, man. That's awesome. Where can people find you and, and all that? Like, yeah, all my events are posted on my website, fatherevil.com. Okay. You can check on my uh, Facebook page, Father yeah. Evil. There's two pages. There's fans of Father Evil and Father Evil. Right. Follow Father Evil. Yeah. And on my Instagram and Twitter. Um, your father, on Instagram, it's father, father underscore evil. evil. And then uh, at, and Twitter is at father evil. Okay. But my main stuff is always going to be on my website or uh, my father evil page. And it also, my father evil page is hand in hand with my Instagram. Right. I don't know why I don't do Twitter too much, but just that. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well, but I just really, I'm on it because I feel like I need to be. But yeah, I don't too. get traction on there at all. I get traction from Instagram. Instagram. But mostly on Facebook. Really? 90%, I would say 80% of my business is on Facebook. Yeah, I have groups on Facebook for my podcast and my Instagram page. Those are, those are it. I get a lot of weddings booked from uh, my Facebook page. Right. My website, um, actually, no, yeah, my website is a portal to my Facebook page. So people are like, let me see what this guy's about. And they go to my page, oh, he does this, that, and the other. Oh, he's ordained. Oh, my God. That's that crazy. Me. I didn't know that until, like, I don't know, a couple weeks ago when I, when I started making the flyer. I'm, were, you, were you ever in any like movies? No, or, no? I refuse to do a movie. Um, I'm not doing any movie unless it's Hollywood. Really? Yeah. The reason why is this. That's well, odd. There's, there's a lot of independent movies. I've been offered several. Roles. I'm sure you have. Yeah. I, I would say half a dozen or a dozen. No, a dozen. Yeah. And I turn them all down. The uh, reason being is, let me be honest. Yeah. A lot of independent movies out there. There's a lot of them out there. Sure. 70% of them are crap. Yeah. Absolutely. Horrific. Yeah, like bad. Like not even not even so bad that they're good. They're just bad. Now, if I'm in a movie that's bad, I just destroyed my character. Sure. The, the investment that I made monetarily on this is out the window. Right. Yeah. So like, oh, he was, you know, that's that priest in the shit movie, whatever. Oh, my God. You remember that movie? Yeah. yeah there's that priest. And you're done. Right. So, I will not do a movie unless it's Hollywood. I didn't expect that. Yeah. This is Hollywood. Yeah. So I'm not expecting that anytime today. My, Hollywood was my goal for the longest time. But no. My goal now is to have my own business, my own ghost touring business. I already have the following. Ghost the touring business? Ghost touring business in New Orleans. Really? Probably in New Orleans is, is just peanut butter and jelly. It, it makes sense. Absolutely. I mean... Yeah. Have you ever been in New Orleans? I have not. Okay, picture horror, religion... Voodoo uh, and, and Victorian style, art, uh, you know, uh, architecture, all in one. Right. It's a Halloween town year round. Yeah. You yeah. It's like two major events that held happen there. Um, February, which is Mardi Gras. Yeah. And Halloween. Halloween is huge in, in New Orleans. Is it? Huge. Huh. So it's horror, religion, and history, all in one. Right. It's what Father Evil is. Sure. Horror, religion, and history. Yeah. So that makes sense. Awesome. So there's no, you know, there's a lot of ghost touring people out there. There's no Father Evil stuff. Right. Well, I think maybe you need There's only to one Father it. Evil. That would be you. Absolutely. There's only one Father Evil out there. There's a lot of guys who do the possessed priest thing, whatever. 
There's only one father eagle. Right. I put my thumbprint on this. This is mine. It's awesome. I didn't put my thumbprint on this. I put a crater in this. Yeah. Yeah. This is mine. It's awesome. I'm glad. And it's, 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 you know, like you say before, it's like how, how everybody in the, in the Northeast, this whole horror community and people who go to conventions, we're all like tight knit. Like, we walk in the door, you know, we see you, we see Chris's security, we see and it's, everyone, it's like, hey, what's up? It's like we know each other at this point. Yeah, and we're every, family. Yeah, it's crazy. And everybody is always so chill. Yeah. You know, everyone's always yeah. so cool. Yeah, I've never seen a community so tight knit and like we'll, we'll be willing to give you the shirt off their back right and it's like last, last time I saw you at the last sideshow market you didn't even know that I had a podcast I was like yeah I have a podcast I didn't even get the sense that you are like I'll be on it yeah. I'm like awesome yeah. like let's do it let's set it yeah. up easy like yeah, that because I like you yeah I like you too yeah I like you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man that's pretty much it I mean, awesome uh, I have a couple things coming out I have a yeah, talk to you. Plug whatever you got going One on, and then, I, and then I'll stop holding you hostage. You can go and... Back to scaring people. Back to scaring people. One thing, I can't go into too much detail, but it's a near type of shirt. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. And the second one is going to be... Um, I have a video game coming out next year. Really? PC. No shit. RPG, role-playing uh, type of thing. Picture like a really dark Dungeons & Dragons. Okay. Hey, I am the end boss. No and, shit. You're like the... <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be like cryptic Bible verses... No shit. It's going to be really dark. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be, take place in 15th century Spain. Really? During the Spanish Inquisition. And, What's uh, the name of the game? Uh, Father Evil, Specter of Shadows. Sick. If That's go, awesome, dude. Yeah, and that happened, uh, you know, they approached me on that. And uh, I like what they had to say. And originally they wanted to make me the hero. I'm like, new, 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 no, new, new, new. can't be the hero. I am the end boss. Yes. I am the villain. Right. The behind-the-scenes guy, you have to come and get me. Right. That's awesome, dude. So, Congratulations on thank that. Thank you, brother. It's great. Cool. Now, you have to take us out with your little prayer. And I'll tell you what it means. All right. Tell them what it means first, okay. and then you gotta, and then we'll close out, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up with your, with your little prayer there. I eat your sin. I eat your sin? I eat your soul. I eat your soul. Amen. Amen. I eat your... That's awesome. Ego manducarum tum tecato. Ego manducarum tum anima. Amen. We're over here now.